This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. This is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. Welcome to Main Corpse Podcast. We are at Lurch Fest right yeah, now. Yeah, we are live. It is a good day to be here. It really is. Um, so can you explain just, just really quickly what, and by the way, Lurch Fest, let's explain what that is because you're probably like, what are you talking about? Um, Ted Cassidy, who played the original Lurch um, in the Adams Family, is from Philippi. So every year now, they do a very cool kind of creepy... Uh, kind of creepy kind of like local like festival-ish get together in philippi you said what this is their third year this is their third year yeah this is their third year so you may hear some people talking we also have some stuff set up on the table for sale so we're sorry if you do but what food do we have i'm gonna let you introduce it because you're so passionate about this place okay so i was there when this place opened that's why that's why i'm so excited about it um Tom and his family are from the Boston area, mm-hmm. and when they moved down to Glenville, we didn't have anything remotely like this here. And um, it's pit beef, and that's that's it's like almost like a smoked slash grilled beef. Mm-hmm. And he also does a turkey, and um, these sandwiches are out of this world. He'll only put them on a Kaiser roll, like. I am so excited to talk about this because we haven't yeah. yet. Yeah. Partly because we already know how excited we are yeah, about we've, it. Yeah, we've, like, put it out there. We've already had them multiple times. Both of us have separately, never together. Um, so, so, I am So, yeah, excited. it used to be um, an every Thursday thing for me. <laughs> okay, so what sandwiches did we get? Um, we got the turkey sandwich. And we got that with the mumbo sauce, which is similar to like a sweet and sour yeah, sauce, but it's, it's just really a good. little bit spicy. Yeah. It's so good. And then we also got the original pit beef with, as Tom always suggests, the right. hor- the it's tiger, tiger sauce. Tiger yeah. sauce. It's horseradish. Yeah, it's the horseradish tiger my sauce. Favorite sauce. And it's just like a mix of mayo and horseradish, but oh my gosh, it's so good. Okay, so which one do we want to start with? Because I'm gonna let you take a bite and then hand it to me, and then you want to okay. try the beef first. Let's let's start with the beef. Okay, it's... I'm gonna let you take the first bite then. There I you appreciate go. And you. I will hold this while you do. <laughs> All right, so we have one bite. It's as good as I remember. I imagine that's what heaven tastes like. So the beef is perfectly moist, but it's nice and smoky on nice the outside. It's very. It's got a good salty crust to it. Mm-hmm. It's got the best texture of any roast beef sandwich I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. Um, it is unreal. Uh, the sauce is creamy and absolutely delicious. But there's um, just enough of a kick. Yeah. Just spicy enough. Mm-hmm. Not spice, not spicy, spicy, but a little kick. Yeah. And it's smooth and it's just, it's fantastic. It, it's a 10 out of 10. I love it. Yeah. I mean, you can see why that's what I got every single yeah, Thursday. It's liter- it's This is literally my favorite roast beef sandwich I've ever Well, and liked. the thing is, he's got something that suits everybody, even though they're mm-hmm. all basically the same idea. Yeah, exactly. He's, so he's got pork, um, he's got turkey, and he's got beef. And then he's got um, five different sauces. I don't know what they all are. Yep. Because I've never bothered to go beyond the tiger sauce and the mumbo sauce because why? those are they're house made and they're why would so you good. why would you go anywhere else? They're so good. Oh, okay. All right. So now turkey. Turkey. I'll hold this while you try the turkey. All right. Not that there's any mystery here on how good this is gonna be. It's not even a shock to me how good it is, but the fact that they are so consistently good. Unreal. 
It's yeah. always you always get the same sandwich. You always get exactly what you expect. Yep. Nice soft bite to the Kaiser mm-hmm. roll, but it stands up to the moistness of the sauce. Yeah. And like and, and again, I'm I'm going to talk about the meat here and the and the consistency and the texture of his meats. You can tell that he starts with a really good piece of meat, um, and he doesn't play around with it. I, I mean, when you order it, they they literally freshly slice it in front of you, throw it on a Kaiser roll with your sauce, both on the top and bottom bun, which, which is I love, just my favorite because um, you get it, you get you get the whole experience top to bottom. Um, this is unreal. and you can you can add stuff. I yeah. can tell you for a fact as a person that doesn't like coleslaw, their slaw is so good. I love coleslaw, so uh-huh. I'm probably going to go back later and get another beef sandwich with coleslaw and onions their coleslaw added to it. unreal oh it's it's very good yeah it's very and you can tell it's homemade too which i absolutely love yeah it absolutely is so all right so um yeah gills pit beef find them <laughs> find um, them yeah. i know they announce on their facebook where they're gonna be and they travel all through west virginia at different festivals all the time um tom wasn't here today so either they're on vacation or they're at another place track them down they're so right good now. like the experience is awesome too because you literally watch them open their smoker, pull the meat out, put it right on the slicer, and slice it for you. It's awesome. Yeah, it's unreal. Um, it really is. And every time I've been there, they always give me extra slices. Like they they just hand them to me while I'm yeah. sitting there waiting for my sandwich, and I love. Oh, it. I got the best little in piece while we were I standing was, there. You really did. Oh. You really did. It was so good. All right, I think that's all we have on that. So let's move to our story. Let's move to our story. Let's all go. right. Welcome back to Maine Corpse. All right. I'm Matt. I'm Kelsey. And uh, we already said that because we just tried Gill's Pit Beef. But pretend like it, pretend like we're still sitting there where we tried it. So here's the thing, guys. <laughs> we had a mild, mild issue with the recording equipment. And we are currently re-recording. Yeah, if you are one of our main creeps or main corpse or may, yeah, if you're one of our creeps who listens all the time, you, you know you know that we posted, uh-oh, uh, yeah, somehow some of our files became corrupt, <laughs> and we lost an entire full-length episode. Uh-huh. And it, it, it feels really good. So I feel like I yeah. can still taste Gil's Pit Beef, so we can still... I can always... Yeah. Like, talk about how much I love Gil's Pit Beef. Yeah, so uh, Gil, Gil, the folks from Gil's Pit Beef, if you're listening to this right now, we're sorry it took a while to come up, uh, or to come out. Um, we we apologize. Luckily, we still have the recording of where we actually tried the sandwich, so you guys just heard that, which is really, really cool. Yeah. All right. So now we have our episode for today that we need to get to. Yes. And I'm very, very excited about this one. Um, I think you're going to like it, because it is freaking bizarre. Um, Do you think I'm going to like it as much as I did the first time we talked about it? I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> pretend. Pretend for me. All right, I'm sorry. I'm by, sorry. By what we're about the to shock. Hear. The, the good right. news is the ADHD has made me forget. I don't know what we're about to talk about. Okay. All right. Awesome. I, I can appreciate that. Um, Disabilities, man. Yeah, they're helpful sometimes. <laughs> That's your ex. Is that your X Men superpower? <laughs> my X Men superpower is the memory of a goldfish. Mine is making people feel bad because I'm having a little trouble breathing. Like if I were fighting <laughs> with, 
if I if I were fighting with some villain and I started like huffing a little bit, and I was like, I need my inhaler. He'd be like, Whoa, okay, I'll, I'll back up. Um, I don't want to beat you like. Are that. you okay, buddy? You know what I mean? Like he'd be patting my I'll back, like, some water. Me and I'm like sucker punch him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, let's hope the super villains that want to fight me. Uh, have a conscience. Some of them do. Have some compassion. Yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe your villain is an anti-hero. I'm like, time out. I'm having asthma trouble. All right. That's... It's like Deadpool. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today stretches the limits a little bit of true crime. But I do still think that it qualifies as a true crime. I want to start off by talking about, because we're going very far back. We're going back to the days of the American Civil War. But before we get to that point, I want to talk a little bit about a true crime that is very well known amongst history buffs and even in mainstream lexicon, right? Everybody sort of is at least aware of what happened post-World War II, right? So at the end of World War II, um, when the war ended, there were the Nuremberg trials. There were uh, a lot of Nazis who were caught and put on trial for their war crimes, as they should have been, as all of them should have been, and they should have been held accountable for the things that they did. Right. However, there were some of them who were able to escape Germany. They were able to escape Germany. Which makes sense. Right. There was It was very hectic at the time. Even Do you though, think they like paused and thought... Man, we just made a whole bunch of people do this. This is awful. Yeah, and I think a lot of them actually escaped before the the war ended. I think they could see the writing on the wall, so they actually escaped beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, that like that way they could you know get across borders a little bit easier. Yeah, because nobody was looking for them actively if they weren't not wearing yet. the uniform. At least not yet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what they did at the end of World War II is they would escape to several different countries. There were actually some who escaped right here to West Virginia. Um, there's actually evidence of it. Um, there are some who escaped um, to to different parts. of of Europe. Um, I read up on that. Some parts of Africa um, saw some Nazis, but the main location that they went to was South America. There were so many of them there that you can actually find German inspired architecture that was built post-1945. That's amazing. It's it's wild. They can you can actually find it there. Um, there was an entire History Channel show where they were where they were going to South America and tracing the lineage of of Nazi war criminals who escaped to South America. That shouldn't sound as interesting as it does. It is wildly interesting. There's an entire Amazon show about the people that went down to South America and hunted Nazi war criminals in the Yeah, 1960s. I've seen Captain America. Pretty crazy. Yeah, not Captain America. It's the real story, but Captain uh, America, he, he kind of did it too. He did it up right. Yeah. Um, okay, so what I want to talk about, the reason I wanted to bring that up, that is a relatively well-known piece of history that's been covered um, quite a bit, right? And, and that is absolutely a true crime. War criminals escaping their escaping judgment and and going somewhere else and changing their name, I feel like that qualifies as a true crime. Yeah, for sure. So what I want to talk about today actually happened a full 80 years before that. Oh, so this is where they got the idea. It's probably where they got the idea. 
Yeah. So if it ain't broke, let's talk a little bit about the end of um, the American Civil War. So the end of the American Civil War is one of the most interesting moments, not just in U.S. history, but in world history for one specific reason. Um, At the end of the American Civil War, um, Abraham Lincoln, everybody knows who that is. Um, his northern troops were the victors. Um, they won over the South um, yeah. in the Civil War. Everybody is aware of that that bit of history. Um, but the way it ended was really, really interesting because Abraham Lincoln did not allow his soldiers and his generals to um, to massacre their enemy after defeating them. That was kind of the go-to at the end of most civil wars in history up until that point. Um, once it was over, there were beheadings, there were trials, there were there were mass murders in streets of losing cities, things like that. While some of that did happen, it didn't happen at the behest of Abraham Lincoln. He actually ordered his soldiers to allow them to surrender with honor and treat them as they would treat any soldier um, who was giving themselves up. Um, he basically told them, treat them like they're your brothers, because they they are. They they're, literally are. They're yeah. literally related to us. They're Americans as well. That didn't sit well with some with some members of, of his military. So they still kind of went out and did their own thing. There were a couple cities that were sacked and burned. There were some people who were killed. And from what I can understand, there were actually some people who were even put on trial for what they did. Um, fearing reprisal for their actions and, and taking part in... Um, the American Civil War uh, and the slave trade in general, um, a lot of Southerners started getting paranoid and were looking for an escape route. And they found it in, of all places, South America. They specifically found it right outside of the Brazilian state of Sao Paulo in a little town that would become known as Americana later on. Okay. So what happened was the emperor of Brazil at the time um, had decided that he wanted to try to lure those American Confederates to (laughs) Brazil. Now, he had a couple reasons for this. Number one, he wanted to get his country... um, to be to be more global in the way that they that they grew crops, he wanted to become a global powerhouse of cultivation. Okay, um, he specifically wanted to try to learn how to grow cotton, and this was absolutely helpful because they still had slaves after the American Civil War ended. Okay, so in Brazil. They actually allowed slavery until 1888. So post-Civil War, the emperor of Brazil looked around and said, what can we do to bring them here? Um, And how can we get them to come here? Well, they did it with free land. Okay, they promised them free land. They promised them a free workforce. Um, I mean, like, I see I see how that's hard to pass up. I, I guess so. I guess so. Um, especially if, because you have to think about it like this too. At the time, those Southerners 
they probably didn't have to do a lot of work on their own. So their their method of cultivation was, I'm going to sit in here and just let them go out there and do all the work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so at the end of of the Civil War, they looked at, at what happened as the death of their way of life. They, they had no way to continue growing the crops and things like that the way that they knew how to because their slaves had been taken away, um, had been freed, right? They had no workforce. So what happened was one person. I'm pretty um, sure the cotton gin. <laughs> so basically what happened here is they sent a small group um, to South America, to Brazil, mm-hmm. uh, to to let them kind of get the lay of the land to make sure everything was legitimate. And then within just a few years, more than 20,000 settlers from the southern U.S. flooded the area of Brazil and founded the city of America. This is going to sound really stupid. How many people were in the U.S. at the time we were having a civil war? Um, a lot more than twenty thousand. I'm not sure how many. It doesn't. Exactly, it doesn't but, yeah. like seem that way. Yeah, it, it seems like. I mean, we were definitely a smaller country at the time. Yeah. Um, still, like we were still kind of burgeoning and growing. Uh, but yeah, they uh, basically they moved to South America. And they moved to Brazil. They founded the mm-hmm. city of Americana. And to this mm-hmm. day, you can go around Americana and you can still see Southern architecture, just like you can find German architecture. Um, as a matter of fact, their courthouse looks like a big old Southern courthouse in Americana. The, what? <laughs> Correct. So they moved there and they tried to grow cotton. And for the most part, they had trouble getting cotton to grow right in that region. So a lot of them actually moved to other uh, to other areas um, uh, of of cultivation. Basically, they started growing things other than cotton um, and took took their expertise and and turned it into um, other products. But they had a full workforce. Um, They had everything that they needed. They were given the free land and they moved right in and made themselves at home. That's so bizarre. It is really, really bizarre. That's so bizarre. And again, I want to... In the numbers alone. I know. And and again, I I want to stress here that they were... uh, They were... They moved there and they still had a good 20 years of slavery left before it was finally abolished. Um, And basically what happened here is, again... um, (laughs) What did they do after that? So after that, they just kind of stayed um, and and kept kept growing things there. Um, my understanding is some did end up coming back. Um, some did end up uh, kind of moving back to the U.S. because it mm-hmm. wasn't working out so well there. Um, where, again, they were never held responsible for any of the things that they did, for fleeing, for doing anything like that. They just kind of moved back and picked back up where they left off, which is wild to me. As a matter of fact, something that popped up that I never knew about, do you know how many Southern slave owners um, who were part of the rebellion, um, actively part of the rebellion, later on became senators and congressmen and high-ranking officials of the U.S. government. Genuinely, I'm not surprised by that. It's a high amount. Like, it's a shockingly high amount. It's not that Um, shocking. and, And I think it was done on purpose to try to kind of bridge the 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 gap there um i i think they they really tried to push to to get people in there but all that did was was cause uh, was cause them to be able to start passing laws that would basically continue to subjugate um 
African American people, yeah. uh, which is which is absolutely abysmal. Um, so talk about another true crime. There's one for you. Um, the fact that even after slavery was over, we put those people in power so that they could uh, they could pretty much do what they wanted to do. So now for the most shocking thing that you need to know about um, the festival. The festival. There is still a festival in Americana, Brazil, called Festa dos Confederados. Um, and it is used to celebrate the Confederate history and heritage um, of Santa Barbara um, de Oste, which is the area. Um, it takes place uh, in Cemeterio de Campo in Sao Paulo, Brazil, towards the end of the month of April. Um, and it is absolutely wild because they... The people who take part in this festival um, are the the distant family members of these Confederates who founded Americana, and they dress in traditional Confederate garb, like I'm about to show Kelsey right now, and I want to hear her reaction here. I just, like, imagine this happened here. Yeah. Yeah. So what I just showed Kelsey there, and we're going to share this image. There is an image of men literally wearing like head to toe Confederate regalia. Um, and uh, one even has a Confederate flag hanging off of, uh, of his uniform. So what's even more interesting about this, and I am going to show you right now um, some pictures from this, Kelsey, because what's even more interesting than that to me is not only do the men dress like that, the women will literally dress up like Southern Bells. But a lot of the times they'll use patterns and things like that that are made in South America. So it is absolutely wild. So I've got one of my favorite pictures here just to illustrate to you what this looks like when it happens. And we're going to share these. So what I'm showing her now is a someone dressed as a Confederate general, it looks like. Yeah. Um, standing at a podium. And behind him, you have several women dressed in basically traditional. Uh, Those are the whitest Brazilians I've ever seen in my life. It's crazy, right? And what's wild about it, too, I, I actually watched some YouTube videos of people who have gone down to this festival just out of curiosity um, to see what happens. And they will interview people and guys, they will speak in their native language, but they will have a southern draw to the way that they speak. And, and, and people point it out all the time that it still exists there. There is still a southern draw that exists there. Um, here's another really good picture just to illustrate how wild this is. The one I'm showing Kelsey now is um, a, a, a woman, woman dressed as an American flag. With a Confederate soldier. With a Confederate soldier holding, holding the Confederate flag. Correct. Holding a giant Confederate flag. Now, for maybe the most shocking one, let me find it really quick, because you have got to see their dance floor, um, the stage that they dance on. So here is the festival stage that they all dance on. Oh, good. It's just a giant Confederate flag. It's a giant Confederate flag. 
I don't like it here anymore. All right. So now the only other update that I'll give on this one right now, um, and then I'm going to kind of turn it over to you for a second for your thoughts on what you've just heard. The other thing that I will go ahead and point out is they have now, it looks like, and I'm, I'm still doing some research on this because there's not a lot that comes out about this, but according to one source, um, A new law has been proposed that would basically mark the end of the use of the Confederate flag in Brazil. Uh, They are trying to ban the Confederate flag from being used in Brazil. And if they are able to do that, that would put an end to the the. the Not an end of the festival, but an end of the festival using the Confederate flag. Now, I don't know if the law passed. I'm not sure about that yet. But um, if it does, it could mark the end of that tradition. Good. So you can also, um, and I'll, I'll show you this, uh, you can also find a, uh, a large monument built to the Confederados um, in Americana, Brazil. Uh, and you can actually find pictures of American presidents with it. Uh, and it has a gigantic rebel flag along with the names of the people who founded Americana, uh, which is absolutely, um, absolutely wild to me. And here you go. Here is a picture of Jimmy Carter visiting that memorial. Lord. Yeah, we will also share that so you guys can see it. So, um... I know this was a stretch for a true crime, but when I found out about this, it was something that I felt like I needed to talk about because it is a piece of history um, that I don't think anybody ever, ever brings up because I have, I am a history buff and I have never heard of this um, in my entire life. Um, So what are your thoughts overall of what you've just now heard about? Uh, I don't love it. As a general rule, I don't love it. Um, I get why it happened. Mm -hmm. Like, it makes sense, and it makes significantly more sense than people from Germany going to Brazil. Mm -hmm. That was ridiculous. I I, That was ridiculous. I don't even know what to think about it. Like I said, it's it's just a piece of, of American history that loosely ties in with true crime. Because, again, these were people trying to escape uh, being held responsible for the very real atrocious crimes that they committed uh, during the Civil War. And it sounds um, like they did. Yeah, they, they did. They did get away. Even the ones who came back were never really held accountable for it, uh, which is which is, again, just Insane. wild to me. That's um, wild. The last thing that I'll show you, and then I'm going to let this one go, is I want to show you the courthouse in Americana. So I think this is really interesting because it's built with with the same, like, structure that mm-hmm. you would see from, like, the, the general American South. Mm-hmm. But it has the same, like, tiling that you and, would find... Yeah in like Brazilian style architecture. Mm-hmm. It's really, really interesting. And it's the same way with the dresses. Did yeah. you notice the dresses? They're yeah. they're all made like Southern Bell. Like like you're like what you'd seen gone with the wind. But they're made using like all the wild colors and things like that that you would associate well, and some with of the Brazil. sleeves uh-huh. and like necklines are different and it's just it's yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's wild. Um so the last thing that I'll leave you guys with is this. If you ever end up in Americana Brazil 
my understanding is you can drive around and not only take in the southern architecture, there's an entire Confederate graveyard there that is set up like a traditional like American military graveyard where you can see all the names on the tombstones are traditional um, southern American family names um, all over the place. And then the last one that I'll say is if you're ever there, be on the lookout because there's something that happens in Americana Brazil that doesn't happen in any other area of Brazil, you can find rocking chairs all over the place. I bet they sip sweet tea, too. I bet they do. And just survey their land. All right. That is all I have for today. Um, I'm sorry if I bored anyone with a little bit of a history lesson here. I know it's a shorter episode, but it's one that I think needs to be talked about. Um, Here's what I'm going to say. I will gladly make a visit to Americana Brazil and be our reporter in the field because this is the strangest thing I've ever heard. And I kind of feel like it's something I have to see for myself because it might be the last place on earth that something like that just happens out in the open. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. That's bizarre. It really is. And I, I will say this too. Uh, not to defend anyone, but the the people who live there um, do make it a point to kind of point out that they are very far removed from what happened there. But I also would like to blow some holes in that one because they still had slaves until 1888. So you're not that far removed from it, guys. Yeah, we have like 20 years on you. Yeah, I mean... I, they moved there so that they could keep owning slaves. You're not that far removed from it. <laughs> You're just not. Um, not the way it works. But it's... I, I don't like this. I know. And I don't feel good about it. Alright, so hopefully you guys enjoyed this this uh, history lesson today. This has been Main Corpse. I don't like it here. Stay, Stay creepy. creepy. Alright.